This is the one with Mr. Volcano. The Genius Twins. Skyliner. A little bit of theatre. And the strongest rope ladder in the universe. It's called The Doctor Falls. Here we go. <laughs> Sounded pretty in sync to me. Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. Whistle being an angel's hour. Dalek Cyber Zoot and wow! Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Echo Center with Ticker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be but who back when? Who back when? What up, podcast land, and welcome to yet another fantastic episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc Past. Oh, past. <laughs> right, you are. Why don't we have a t-shirt that says that? Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. You are in for a treat, as are your earballs, because we are going to be talking about a very interesting episode tonight. Before we get into all that, who are we? Well, I am Leon, and I am looking at my screen across the ether. First off, on the left-hand side of my screen, Berlinwood <laughs> at Marie. Hello, Marie. Why, hello, Mr. Leon, and hello, Podcastland. And right next to Marie, on the right-hand side of my screen, I have Drew. Hello, Drew. Guten Abend, Leon. Guten Abend, Frau Marie. Guten Abend, Podcast Land. <laughs> Not going to confuse matters at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about tonight? Well, we are talking about The Doctor Falls, the penultimate Peter Capaldi episode. And we... Oh, don't make me cry right from the beginning. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I have never cried so much... <laughs> At any Doctor Who episode in my life, I think. Podcast Land, really? I am met with, with uh, visages of absolute incredulity right now, just so you're aware. Um, we discovered, before pressing record, that this is quite a divisive episode, because uh, I definitely loved this episode. Marie, did, how did you feel about it? It made me really, really angry at certain points. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will what about explain you, later. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> what about you, Drew? How do you feel about this? I think I'm in the middle of you two. Oh, really? Yeah. So we've got a nice who back when sandwich. <laughs> yeah, a nice one. It's spread. Before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, let's elucidate anyone in podcast land who, against all odds, has no idea what this episode is about with a bite-sized chunk of who. Time for us to synopsize, lubify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. Life was tranquil in the Shire 507, for indeed it had always been so, as far back as people could remember, apart from the nightly scarecrow attacks on horny Miss Hazran's home for horrible Herberts. Then to top it all off, a Mondasian Cyberman shoots up through the floor, carrying what appears to be a deceased Time Lord as a sick joke. Back on the flashback deck, Missy and the Master have tied the Doctor to a chair and are torturing him into a volcanic state. They've turned the city into a metropolis of cyber foundries, but as they're high-fiving each other and sparks are flying between them, or should be, Doc seizes his chance to make them all targets for cyber conversion. 
Operation Exodus now proceeds on two floors and in two time zones, as ever more futuristic cybers ascend from the foundries, and Doc, Bill and Nardole make preparations for an endless string of farewells and an inevitable ascent of their own. Can Bill retain her humanity? Will Nardole bump tankards with horny Miss Hazran? Will Doc regenerate all over everyone? Miss Gaurva, you are welcome. Right, okay, where are we starting? Because that, to me, sounds like a great episode that anyone with good taste would love. Oh, <laughs> I have a question, which is a two-part question. Uh-huh. One, who is maintaining the spaceship's engines? And who built them in the first place? Because they deserve a medal. They should get all the contracts for <laughs> intergalactic engine making throughout the entire universe. Nothing's gone wrong in over a thousand years at full power trying to reverse away from a black hole bravo (laughs) yeah i mean that's a super good question didn't we kind of ask this question in the first part did we it's been a long time since we reviewed that thousands of years (laughs) yeah (laughs) i've got a question for you marie what's your beef (laughs) you really want to dive straight in with the beefs no don't just don't start with the beefs say some nice things first Okay, I'll start with the question. Leon, what makes this episode so great, apparently? (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, I also have a massively long list of questions, all of which highlight flaws in this episode. But I thought it was incredibly well written, very well acted. Just every single farewell that we get between characters was of such a nature that all of a sudden I cared so much more about both parts on either side of said farewell. It was a heart-wrenching and really... Oh, I don't want to use the word nice, but, but, but like, it was as full of heart as part one was full of clever. <laughs> Which is the way round you want it, surely. Hmm. Maybe the other way around would be equally as satisfying. Like you end on something that's crazy clever and you go, wow, that's that's fantastic. Well written. Well done. Sherlock would be an example of that, right? Like where act three is nothing but clever. But here... Of course, we do have the opposite. Yeah. This is like nothing but hot. I mean, it has some clever bits, but they're, it, they're mostly kind of fan wanky clever bits. It starts off in the Shire and then it ends with more farewells than the end of The Return of the King. Yeah. That has to be intentional. <laughs> well, do you know what else I think? I think that in trying to make the most grandiose epic statement to set up Capaldi's departure possible, I think Moffat is also potentially drawing on Wagner and... Really? Is this the Ring, Ring of the Nibelung? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because The Doctor Falls is is a... It's like the Doctor Dameron, basically, instead of the Gotha Dameron. <laughs> like, okay... I, l- I looked this up on Wikipedia, and apologies for not watching the entire 11-hour ring cycle to back up my theory, but then again, it's possible Moffat just read the same Wikipedia page, so maybe it's more accurate than you can possibly know. <laughs> but but the whole thing about Ragnarok, which is where the ring cycle ends up, it's about burning, then immersion in water, and ultimate renewal. And you have the Doctor burning the deck, you have Bill grizzling on his head, immersion in the water, and mm. boom, he comes back. He's renewed. And she's also <laughs> carrying him at the beginning of the episode, and there, there, this operatic screaming begins like, ah! and I have to think, <laughs> that has to be a possibly literal echo of, you know, operatic production. Yeah, but isn't that potentially just because operas in general, they are populated by archetypes and they all follow a very strict 
act structure like it's either a two act a three act a four act structure and there are rules to those structures and expectations of those structures and every time that we encounter those structures we associate them with for example opera this is the first time i've brought up opera in doctor <laughs> who that's all i'm saying well done, I, I feel like i feel like and that wasn't the only time the opera singing came out as well i think it came back when perhaps bill was crying on him at the end or right at the end when he was renewing i feel like there is a pose that he's taking off again i haven't seen it i don't know but i'm so sure without any knowledge <laughs> so sure of it <laughs> Oh dude you had me at ring cycle <laughs> maybe it is based on this opera and wonderful why not that's very fine it's lovely but i, d- but? I didn't i didn't well when i was like i don't want to talk to you about my beef just yet it's because it was mainly that like this is right at the end now we're going to talk about the ending first but oh we do that all the there, time since you've gone there no it was awful and i hated it because <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so the flaming of the land. Okay, obviously, Nardole's got a clever, wizardy bit of tech. Uh, Doc puts it in the screwdriver. And then in the end, all he needs to do is press a button, right? Like he just zonics and the whole thing blows up. There's no yeah. cleverness there. Okay, so how come mm. when Doc and Nardole are battling out over who's going to be brave and sacrifice themselves and who's going to go on and live forever with these other people? And Billy sat there as a Mondasian Cyberman. She's fully explained already. I do not want to live if I can't be me. Um, <laughs> why does she never? Yes. She's never allowed to like jump in and be the one that will sacrifice herself. Like she should have been the one to say, "Okay, I don't want to live like this. Um, you two are very special to me, and I don't want you to sacrifice yourselves either. I will take the yeah, hit. Agreed. I will be brave, and I will go and press the damn button because it's one button, and she can fully like she is capable of doing that button. And they don't allow her, and I just think it's completely out of character. I don't know as if well because no, it is because the doctor. Well, I don't know that it's a question of not allowing her. It just never dawned on the writer of the episode. Well, because it's a moron on the writer of the episode. Like, this would have been a time to And I don't care. I don't care. I feel like this is a real flaw. And the point where the doctor says, okay, I'm going to do this. And she stands by her side and says, well, I'll die with you. At that point, no, she would not have said, like, I'm sure we have precedent for this, where she has risked herself to save the doctor. I can't think of it offhand, but... That's generally the companion role. Is like they understand that the doctor is more important than them, and he will go on to like impact future lives. And I just don't think yeah. she would have so flippantly said, "Cool, fine, yeah, you go and kill yourself, and I'll be there by your side." I'm totally with you on this one. I think, however, that the reason for it is just a practical one. I think at this point, everyone knows the co- contracts have already been, you know, either signed or they have expired. Capaldi is leaving the show. But we it need didn't a way need to be. out for him. No, it didn't need to be. Like, everyone else goes off in the lift. She could have been the one to stay behind to face the Cybermen. Maybe they come slightly earlier. Maybe Doctor's at the back because he wants to see all the women and children in safety first. Like, he can still get shot by a random Mondasian. They can still, everything can still play out as it did but she that's should have been allowed yeah. to yeah. put that's her hat into the that, ring yeah. that's a super duper fair argument but I reckon that somewhere in Capaldi's contract it's like listen on my way out I need to go out like a freaking hero okay that's what has to happen I the doctor the 
the titular character of this show in the penultimate episode by this showrunner is going to have to go out as uh, a master, as an absolute super duper mega hero. And nothing screams hero more than self-sacrifice. And but consequently, that's way, what they're going to do. But then write it in a way that it had to be him. Like, it's just, yeah. I just it, think it's that's bad a, writing. That's a fair argument. Yeah, that's a fair yeah. argument. Yeah, <laughs> can't it, argue it, with that. I, I agree with Marie from top to bottom. When Bill is standing next to him... <laughs> When Bill is standing next to him saying, I want to die as well, he'd be like, he should be like, well, here you go. Um, you <laughs> setting seven. Do you want to do this on your own? Because the episode you were trying to remember, Marie, is The Lie of the Land, where she plugs herself in. She leaves him tied up. Oh, yeah. She's like, old oh, man, you stay down there. I'm going to sacrifice myself this time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's true. I want to be the hero. And <laughs> she insists on taking it from him. Okay, hang on. Wait, sorry. Counter, 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 counter. What seems to me to be the most realistic option here is that, as you said, Marie, she takes the initiative and is the one to sort of offer up self-sacrifice. Not all it takes care of the kids, whatever. Doc, however, this is where I, I think I diverge from this this suggestion. Doc, however, is going to feel too guilty about having placed her in this situation in the first place and will not want her to die alone and therefore will join her. But that's, and that's fine. what's going to precipitate her, sorry, his regeneration. But that's absolutely fine. I don't have a problem with him saying, no, I won't allow you to sacrifice yourself because obviously he, like, that's not in his nature either. I just really find that it, she wouldn't just sit back there and, and watch him dying when she fully well knows that she want, like, almost wants to die because she does not want to yeah, live you're like right. this. You're like, right. That's, that's a really lazy writing. Super good argument. And to counter your other point about it, like this is Doc's exit <laughs> show, he needs to be the hero, yada yada yada. It's not his exit show, it's Bill's exit show. He has another episode. Like he can be the hero next week. Yeah. yeah um, I actually you know what? I don't really remember much about next week's episode. I don't really not know what, either, what happens yeah. in it. Doesn't matter. Stephen Moffat write him a self-sacrifice next week. The opportunity is there. That's but, point. But 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 that's a Christmas special right and we every single time we do say specials are they're extraordinary in the sense that they they don't they don't play by the same rules okay so you're the showrunner this one's an exception say it going in put it in all the promotion you've got the power you're the showrunner i mean yeah it doesn't i'm not saying that it had to be go a certain way i'm just saying that i just i just didn't like that i just didn't feel like she had any agency there whatsoever and nardole's allowed to try and self-sacrifice himself and then get talked out of it and she's just supposed to sit there watching them argue and never think to throw her hat in the ring it just seemed really really weak yeah me. i mean I, I agree with you it i did also react to the fact that she just stood there silently during that conversation yeah but yeah. she she does that a lot during this episode like when missy and the master are torturing doc on the roof and then eventually he's half freed and gets fully you know he gets an electric hug from a, yeah. a Cyberman. Where is Bill in the 10 seconds building up to that and the 10 seconds as he's getting zapped and writhing in agony? She is just standing there doing nothing. Mm. I d- yeah. I, that's really interesting. I did not see that as her being silenced by the writer in that scene. I just saw that as her just being affected by, like, effectively being in the process of counteracting her cyber programming. Oh, no, it, that would have been interesting if they brought that out, but they didn't. I'm not saying... Isn't that what's happening? The- she has been turned into a Cyberman at that point. 
but somehow she has the strength of character. She has the backbone and the strength of character to burst through the programming and kill one of her fellow Cybermen. But no, because we never see that. Like, Drew's right. If we, if they showed that to us, or if there was any inclination that that was happening, then fine. But the only thing we see from Bill is, I'm normal Bill. I can talk at normal speed and jump up and move. And in her, mm. like, the version that we see that she thinks she is... It's just Bill as we know her, and then it's only when we see the Cyberman like overlay that this yeah. language becomes stilted and the yeah. movements become stilted. But there's no sort of transition. There's no like awakening or like breaking out of the cyber control, which would yeah, have, the only like, time that would have explained maybe more. Or if you'd have seen her battling with that more over the episode, then maybe that would be a reason she didn't. You know, these things could have been explained maybe, but they just weren't. Yeah, the only time she's remotely out of control is when she gets angry. So mm. I wouldn't have minded if she'd been struggling with the anger towards the doctor. Like she was watching the Missy and Master torturing him. And part of her was like, yeah, you know what? You actually deserve this. You left me down here for so long. You promised me all this. I got nothing. I'm, I'm now a zombie psycho for the rest of my tortured afterlife, whatever Missy brilliantly says. Mm. But we don't get any of that because to put that on screen as part of bill would be anathema to the bill we know like she can get angry but she she can't carry that with her and make that part of her well i just like that for other reasons she's been turned into i'm sorry i just cut you off there but i mean she's been turned into a cyberman and she's not allowed to express emotion because or like anger as an emotion because if she does that allows the cyberman to take over but the whole point of cybermen is that They've been stripped of emotion. Oh, they don't know what yeah. anger is. Yeah, so it's, it's just it's just copying the when Clara was a Dalek. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, I didn't think about that. Exactly. This this is a carbon copy of that scene. Oh no, don't be angry because otherwise you'll shoot lasers out of your whisk. But when a cyber fires a laser, it's not because they're angry. It's because the situation calls for it logically from their point of view. Mm. So anger doesn't enter into it. Dag Nabbit, I've written a rating. I've given this a score already. I'm, you guys have already talked me down from that score. Dag Nabbit. I'm not the, finished the, yet by a long shot, just to let you know. Oh, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, can, I can tell. <laughs> but the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, the thing is, I completely agree with you that it would have benefited this episode to have seen, to have included scenes of her struggle against the cyber programming. But I just read that as implied. I, I, it wasn't happening, but she just, I mean, she's portrayed as a cyberman. So I just assume that everything that's going on behind the scenes, so to speak, is just cyber programming. And if she acts against it, I am assuming that she's fought against it. You're right. It would have been better had we seen that actually happen. But I just assumed that it was happening anyway. You know, for the character, not on screen, for the character. Yeah, but I, I think it's a very charitable interpretation that then says, oh, and the reason why this episode has 1,056 flaws is because all the time Bill is just needing to fight her programming enough for things to go wrong for the doctor and for it to go this certain way. Okay, C can I ask a question or, or two that also bring up flaws so that it doesn't seem like I just want to jack off this episode all day long and you guys hate it to bits? Sure. Okay. We'd welcome that. We're open to change. 
Could the doctor not have either pieced Bill back together again the way that he pieced back Nodol, or Ooh. given her a little bit of his regeneration energy? Well, I didn't know whether the point was that she didn't have a body anymore. Like, they, there was this line about they take the children because there's less waste, and like she's literally like a brain in a metal thing, and so there's nothing to piece back together. Could, yeah. But what if you focused your reg- regeneration energy on the brain? Doesn't that then like create the human from it? Just no, grow that's, a new, that's how new the, person. Like, Ood brain got going. A Time Lord mistakenly zapped it. Suddenly it's huge. He's like, where am I going to hide this? Ah, a massive ice field. Tucks it under there. I have totally forgotten that storyline, by the way. <laughs> just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn of the Ood. I just wrote Dawn of the Ood. We're doing this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> one of the dude okay yeah i'm up for it yeah. shortened to dude <laughs> oh no <laughs> that'll be its production code yeah I, the thing is i thought that bill was just a brain with a tear duct but it turns out that it's not even her tears yeah. heather gave her her tears and they're what's coming out of the sideman although sorry are you saying that that's a bad thing is is that a bad thing does that I'm just saying that's why the doc can't just zap some regen energy into the suit and bam, a, a fully formed Bill 2.0 just starts peeling off plates and machinery. And I also wonder if, hmm. like, in the beginning he did say, like, oh, I'll bring you back, I'll save you, and then kind of didn't have a plan and, and kind of, I think he just, in this episode, just kind of admitted defeat. It's like, I can't save all these people, I can only postpone the inevitable, but at least I will go down a hero kind of thing. Like, so, and if he'd resigned himself that he couldn't save everyone else, then how is he going to save Bill? Like, by the time he's self-sacrificing, no one else can put her back, so she might as well die by his side kind of thing. But he he doesn't. Would they have that conversation where, where she goes, well, were you lying? Were you right? And he says, no, he wasn't lying. He really did mean that he was going to try to fix it. But no, unfortunately, he wasn't right. There is no fixing this. And when she does stand by his side, again, I agree with you. She should have volunteered to self-sacrifice from the get-go, okay? But when she does say, yeah, I'll stay here with you because I also have already told you I want to die. I don't want to live like this. So I'm... Actually, best place to do this, but fine if you want to tag along, Doctor. Let's do it. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't feel like he's taking anything away from her. Do you know what no, he is sorry, taking away from her, though? Is because he knows. He's already seen his like regeneration energy starting. He knows that he's like about to regenerate. And so he can go into this thing, self-sacrifice himself, and just, boom, I get a new body. And he hasn't told her that. I'm not that. so sure that he thinks that's going to happen. Well, I don't, I don't know either, but like, um, we can come back to that. But he doesn't tell her sure. that that's even a possibility. Because when she sees, in the end, she sees his body lying there, she just assumes he's dead. Like, she doesn't know there's any way coming back from that. And whereas if he'd have said to her, like, you know, don't worry, like, I'm an alien, I have this other ability that you haven't seen yet, and kind of reassured her in that way. Like, he just, he lets her go into it thinking they're go- both going to die together. And he doesn't know that that's necessarily true for him. Like, it's not true for her in the end, because somehow she survives it. What? We'll come back to that as well. Let's do that right now. How harsh is it that, the, that Bill says to Doc, 
Okay, can you arrange one thing for me? You've already lost me my corporeal form, but can you at least promise me a good death? And Capaldi's like, absolutely, certainly. And then <laughs> he says, you go down the back and you take the battle from there. And he points the, the, the Sonic at the, I don't know, whatever's going to set off the explosion. And he doesn't go, Bill, are you within range? She, she doesn't go, yeah, doctor, I'm here, ready to die. He's just, just boom just leaves her there just abandons her the only survivor on the entire deck this also strikes me as something that is purely in the episode for practical logistical reasons they they know that this is her farewell scene or for sorry farewell episode they want oh, her to I don't end buy this on, at all no wait wait it's not like she was around it's what? not good enough. If the only reason that this is an episode is because it's for practical reasons, then it then you failed as a writer. Like write it in so that it can yeah, happen yeah. and it makes sense for the story, not just you hire it a has companion for a single series no, in that no, contract. You might as well. What, what put, was missing way, here? At the end, you're going to have a shit death. Are you okay Wait, with that? Guys, relax. The only thing that was missing here was one scene where, like, a blast door falls down right in front of her, which allows her to to survive the explosion. Because it's not like Doc was like, fuck it, I'll sacrifice myself and I'll blow up everything except for her. I'm sure in his mind, he was thinking, I'm blowing up this entire floor. She's definitely not going to survive. <sighs> what doesn't make sense is she's a Cyberman. Every other Cyberman on this floor dies, but she does not. She is <laughs> yeah. exactly as fallible and vulnerable as they yeah, are, but she absolutely. doesn't she doesn't die. The only reason she doesn't die is because the showrunner and the production team and the Beeb, and the Beeb they want to give her the character of Bill, not the Cyberman in this episode. They want to give her a much more positive send-off. And they've had that jam and red string thing of not my tear, whatever, you know, the pilot from the first episode of the season all lined up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the only reason she survives this. There is a five-second insert that will take care of all of this. Bill is approaching the Cybermen from behind. She's like, oh yeah, gonna die, can't wait. And then sees the Doctor lift the thing to the sky. She's like, yeah, it's gonna happen now, Brill. And then he sets off the explosion and camouflaged by the holographics is a lift shaft door right <gasps> in front of her. And the explosion Perfect. just goes, just passes just barely over her head. And she's like, oh for fuck's sake, damn it, dark, I couldn't see it coming. Perfect. Perfect. Oh God, that's exactly. That's yeah, genius, that's much dude. better than having a blast door go down. That's excellent. That, that's already been established yeah. in episode. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I no. don't think that this says anything about the doctor's motivations. The doctor is not trying to take away the sacrifice of Bill here. <laughs> Which it seems to me is what you guys are saying. No, that wasn't my point. My point was that it was disingenuous for him to go into it saying we're going to die together, and and there's a strong possibility that he won't die, that he'll just regenerate. Well, okay, well, so so that's point two of this conversation, right? So I'm not sure that that's the case. Why? It, it, it's like blowing himself up to the point of. I mean, I this is a show that's been running since 1963. He is the titular character. He's not going to die. It's not <laughs> we entirely. James Bond. But it's not that, <laughs> spoilers. But it's not oh, no. that dissimilar from 
you know, the astronaut. What is it? The the impossible astronaut, the crazy astronaut, the, the impossible astronaut. The impossible astronaut. Matt Smith gets shot twice. And apparently just getting shot twice is enough to prevent a regeneration. Yeah, no, no, um, it's lost from from John Sim, in fact. I was just gonna say that. Yes, exactly. Also Missy, apparently not gonna regenerate. The, well, let's maybe put a pin was, in that as well. Well, exactly. We know that that doesn't work. So but the the shot in twice being shot twice thing, it wasn't just being shot twice, it was being shot whilst regenerating so i feel like in my head he can survive almost like anything but if someone shoots him in the middle or like kills him again in the middle of a regeneration that's when he would die but there's no he risk has of also that technically because he's been wiped in out the pr- he's wiped out the entire like planet so no one else is going to kill him while he's regenerating y- yes yes but he has also technically been in the process of regeneration since the start of the episode yeah Mm. It's it's literally only because Doc's been doing his fucking Time Lord Kegel exercises and can hold back his regeneration climax to the point of not having done so yet that we oh. haven't seen the full fruition of that regeneration. Otherwise, it's, it's funny he's that, actually mid regeneration. I think it's funny that you Wait. went with climax. I was I, I had a note. Turns out regenerating is a lot like diarrhea. You just need to clench really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hold but, it okay, back. Okay. So that's PC muscle, PC muscle. <laughs> that's another thing that's really annoying. Okay, so fair enough. He is in he is in regeneration for the whole episode. We see the regeneration energy coming. So, uh-huh. and then and then he gets exploded. Like his body should be in smithereens. Like he's at the heart of yes. the explosion. Mm. Like that's not. There realistic. is a genuine but... head of a Cyberman in front of him. Yeah, exactly. Why isn't he in pieces? And he's in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so and that so he's already in regeneration. He's now being the heart of this massive explosion. This is surely enough to kill him. And yet, when he comes to again, he's just like, "Oh, I'll just clench my fist really strongly and stop this regeneration." And we now fully know that he's going to have a Christmas episode, so he can just pause it for as long as he wants, basically. Kegel, like, yeah. that's really annoying. Like, I feel like if you if you if it's enough to like kill anyone else to like blow you to smithereens you shouldn't just be able to like will yourself to like not regenerate because like why has no one ever like tried that before yeah yeah um, i agree i agree i mean it also comes back to the very beginning of our argument which is like yes bill can be the one to sacrifice herself in this episode and the doctor is mid-regeneration so you as in the script you just are like by the end of this this is as long as he can hold it off for and so at the end of the episode you have the same amount of peril like oh no i really can't stop it Urgh, i've got to double clench and put the fists in the snow he ends up at exactly the same point yeah he doesn't have to be blasted and cried on and thwart bill's euthanasia any of that and to is go it- back even further i just need to say a point that i've been holding in for half an hour like a regeneration <laughs> your pc muscles throbbing yep nardole has just talked about remote sparking critical failures that's how he's dealing with the cybermen and yet yet, the doctor (laughs) not you not you that yeah (laughs) and yet that can't be done remotely from another deck yeah Eat my ass, Nardole, because, like, seriously, and plot point, they didn't need to... Pre- oh, wait, that's a whole other conversation. Yes, <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. They clearly had the means to just blow up one floor. So do it. You don't need mm. to add a narrative to it. You don't need to be like, oh, I'm going to throw an apple, and that's a grenade, and now you're going to oh, change your... Oh, 
Excuse me. Screw it's, that shit. It's got a third it's, conversation. You wouldn't do child. that. Why would it be an apple? Why would you ask a child to throw it? Yes. You're trying to divert their attention away from the children. Now they're going to think that the children are fucking soldiers. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> Have not it's, all. Press a button. Blow up all the cybers. Done. Are there no fucking pipes on the floor downstairs? Is not all a shit hacker? Could he just, just press a button and blow up all the foundries? Fuck you, Nodol. <laughs> Fuck you, episode. That's absolutely <laughs> how this episode could have been ended in two minutes. But you know what? I fucking love this episode anyway. No, oh. you hate this oh, episode. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. told you it was anger making. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm this so sorry. This Double espresso martinis. There's <laughs> a beam across the entire room. Like His neighbors are looking at him in terror and shock. <laughs> This tiny child stresses me out so much. Like, from the beginning, mm. like, Nardog gets there and he says to her, oh, I'm going to have a job for you. And it's like, why? She's just a fucking nine-year-old. What is she going to do? How is she going to yeah. help you? Exactly. And then they, they exactly. use her, like, fucking bait. They don't need bait. They're saving money coming anyway. Oh! Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> exactly. Really, really stupid. Not all. If you're so goddamn clever, throw the apple yourself. Yeah, absolutely. If you need the apple, throw the apple yourself. Have one of the grown-ups who are clearly, you know, just expendable. Have them throw the apple. Just Done. put the apple on the floor in front of them and they'll walk into it. It doesn't need to be launched. Wait, hang on. His alternative suggestion, I know this is left field. I'm not going to make any friends suggesting this, but uh, how about we don't use an apple? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>? <laughs> uh, no, but you have to use an apple because an apple is humanity's first weapon. Because what happened at the beginning of the Bible, as we all know, is Eve picked up the apple, threw it at God, said, fuck you, old man, and they ran out of the Garden of Eden. That's how I, the story ended. I really thought that that was going to pan out to something. There's another scene that precedes the the incredibly infuriating apple scene, which is when is I think it's yeah it's Doc and that girl, mm. uh, and they're, they're like sitting on the floor of one of the bedrooms, and there are lots of toys that are laid out. And Doc's like, "This is you. This toy represents you, and these toys represent the Cyberman." And yada 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 yada. Oh yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, and he's like, you're going to do that. You're going to be the focal point of this whole thing. And then he, I don't know, like smacks some of the toys away. And oh, yeah. I absolutely thought, that, okay, well, maybe is is this like, is this actually going to pan out? Is this tiny child now somehow, has she been hypnotized? Is she somehow imbued? Is she programmed in some way so that it actually matters? No, that toy scene could have been cut. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I was completely bewildered as to why it was there at all. Even absolutely. as it was happening. I was like, what just happened? We did not need that. So we did not need that scene. Yeah, oh, I agree. And if you'd have cut that scene, you would have had the two minutes that you required <laughs> to build in the fucking uh, the lift scene for Bill. And it would have been a much better episode. Yeah, and to give Bill more scenes in general, because yeah. Bill was an anchor, a mainstay of the good points of this episode. Bill was Despite fantastic. Despite all the structural crap they, they draped over and burdened her with, she mm. was fantastic. She was. Uh, yeah. There's a the thing I can't yes. fault like the acting um that like it's a brilliant setup that you know, there's a lot of good about this, but the things that they got wrong just really cut deep and just hurt me. So <laughs> I, I mean I, I really do want, <laughs> want you guys to talk about how incredibly good Bill was in this episode, but since the lift has been brought up, I do have one more question about a floor here. Ooh. Okay. 
Why do the cybers initiate Operation Exodus only when the lift scene has happened? Why don't they do that when they've developed, like, rocket things on, on their feet? Like, wh why isn't Operation Exodus already in process? So in the progress? explanation was that they didn't know where they were until Missy pressed the lift button. Oh, and now excuse they... me, that's, that's a <laughs> shit explanation because they're in one direction. They're up, <laughs> upward, yeah. head up. They a <laughs> series of holes punched through the floors of the consecutive decks. Exactly. All they need to do is like, oh, wait, hang on. Uh, we've just developed rocket boots. Let's go up. And then they go up through a floor. <laughs> oh, it's not here. Through a floor. Oh, there, there's nothing but cows here. Through a floor. Oh, there's nothing but sheep here. Through a floor. There's nothing here. Through a floor. Here they are. We're done. Oh, I guess we didn't need to wait for them to ding dong a fucking lift. Also, is there nobody else on this ship that could possibly just use the lift? Like, how do they know it was them? No, no one uses it. Is the blue guy still upstairs, by the way? <laughs> Probably. Oh like, my goodness. Two, like two minutes have passed for him. <laughs> He's got no clue what's going on. It's like, I really wonder if anything of excitement is happening in my absence. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the doctor just it just set him into a spin. Like he's still spinning. Like he hasn't hit the ground yet. He's on his third flip. And they get in the lift. <laughs> and before he lands, the rest of this two-parter happens. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know why do... the Doctor has to sacrifice himself in this episode? Why? What's that? Because it is a carbon copy of The Time of the Doctor. Matt Smith's actual last episode. There is a siege. The Doctor has mm. to go out in siege warfare where there, where there is no way of getting back to the TARDIS. There is no way of getting to his next regeneration. And his back's against the wall, and it's just him. And it has to all come down to him. It happens then, it happens here. Hmm. Okay. I just feel like there's What's such a poor, like, reason to do it. Like, just do something. Oh, it is a rubbish new. reason, but that's Moffat's <laughs> idea of this is how a doctor goes out with his biggest bang. Yeah. What's the... Yeah, but what a bang, though. I mean, I... <laughs> This this episode really it 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 tugged on my feel strings and I kept thinking, oh my goodness, this is so good. <laughs> I cried on a train watching this. I loved this episode <laughs> when I watched it. Oh, you know, <clears throat> oh. you know the other thing that really really wound me up. Um, to go back to uh -huh. Bill again just for a second. Oh, here we go. Maybe this is what put tugged on your heartstrings. I'd like to know how you felt about it. But the finale scene when she's like, she's go back to the doctor. The lady turns up. I re I really like this part of the like tear thing. We can talk about that more later as well. But and then they find the TARDIS. They put him in the TARDIS. Then he's just laying on the floor, and she just <laughs> goes. There's no sense of like when other when other people have been in a situation where they think the doctor's died and they are distraught they are crying they are like yeah. we need to you know we need to give him a funeral we need to find like find a way to take him home we need to like do something yes. thank just you yes walks off into her new life never looking back and I, she thinks he's dead like she doesn't know that he can regenerate yeah i don't know so to me it wasn't a heartfelt moment it was a what the fuck moment because i expected more from <laughs> yeah. bill do you not think yeah, yeah no i it, yeah oh sorry drew I was going to say, why didn't Bill ask Heather, you know that reassembly thing you did with the atoms and it worked great on me? Could you maybe do it for my mate? Yes! That's yes! in my notes! That's in my notes! Absolutely! Yes! Because, and that's the thing, this is the thing. If she said, I can put you anywhere, I can put your atoms back together, I've brought you back from the dead, I, like, 
should she not have said, okay, yeah, bring my friend back from the dead. Let us travel together. And like, let me have yeah. a proper farewell with him and see him off and know that he's happy. And then maybe I'll yes. go with you because that sounds great. But Yeah, and even if, even if, even if you could argue, ah, oh, but the Doctor is properly dead. It has been established in Death in Heaven that souls just stay where their bodies are for the rest mm. of time. Moffat was the first person ever to think of this. How brilliant. Yeah. And now in this situation, Heather knows that, hey, his soul's right there. Great, I'll just hook it out of him and drape some atoms over it. Brill, Doctor 2.0, ready to go. Yes. You guys have put way more thought into this than I did. I didn't consider the potential of a, a subsequent farewell scene as well. But I also have made a of why the pilot Heather, I'd forgotten her name, uh, couldn't just like cause the regeneration. I mean, in a sense, I think maybe she does because I do think that that tear is what triggers it, which mm. again substantiates what I said before. I think he goes into this assuming that there will be no regeneration. Like, he is done. I don't think that that's for me, that's not necessarily an argument. Like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice myself, but in brackets, I'll obviously have another life after this. I don't think so. I think he believes that this is it. But, um, but yeah, that's utter bullshit. The, <laughs> it's, it's the latest funeral ever. It's yeah. like, right. Well, I mean, we have. They didn't even drop any soil on him. It's, it's like he's in a jello grave. It's just a Tardis console grave. Yeah. <laughs> Should we put a pillow under his uh, under his head? No, he doesn't. He doesn't need one. He's dead. <laughs> Does anyone have any final words? Yeah, my final words are: Let's get out of here. Yeah, like it's it's the laziest possible funeral. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I'm just like I, I wrote Basically, such a high rating for this episode, you guys. It's such a high rating. <laughs> Bill's Bill's eulogy is essentially, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff, but I'm still a lesbian. So I can hear you this Her time. eulogy is basically, you're a really good kisser. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why have I been traveling with this old man when I can go up with this young yeah. hot woman? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's her. Those are her last words to Doc. Oh, like, okay. I don't like dudes, and I like young people. Oh my <laughs> like, god, you're too old and you're too male for me. I'm another, really sorry. This is another angry making point as well for me. I really can't cope with that line. It really, oh, no. really stresses me out for two reasons. Yeah, the, okay. the, oh. only, the only acceptable line for Bill to say after that, when she goes away with Heather, is, "I'm going to turn you back into a puddle." Don't ask me how. <laughs> Marie, two things annoyed you. Two things annoy me. (laughs) This line. So love it, love it, love it. One, we've talked about this so often in the past that I really, really hate this idea that there's always got to be like some kind of sexual element and some chemistry between the doctor and the companion. And I feel like they nipped it in the bud super, super early with Bill. They're like, okay, let's make a lesbian. Cool. That's never going to be an issue. And then suddenly now it's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm into women, right? And it's like, they, like they had to bring it it's in like, there for no reason. It doesn't add anything. He knows that she's a lesbian. Like, there's no reason for it, like, for them as characters to have that discussion now. It makes absolutely no sense. And so the only the th- part two, yeah. the thing that, yeah. why this annoys me even more, is because I think the only reason that the line is there is for the audience to prep them mm-hmm. to be like, hey, just a, just a heads up, there's going to be a bit of lesbian smooching in like a few minutes. So if oh. you're against that, switch off Oh, now. I see. Like, oh. I can't think of any other reason oh, why you would need really? that line. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. Well, yeah, why, I why, why is it so there? Either. 
So I I think I, okay, hang on. Let's let's let podcasts uh, land in on something here. Before we press record, we had a conversation about chibbers and about uh, the the Doctor Who flux season. And we talked a little bit about how maybe in prior seasons, other parts of the BBC had been meddling, potentially, we just hypothesized, had been meddling with um, with Chibber's production. So effectively, like, studio notes is what we were talking about. And this feels like a studio note to me. Mm. Because in Moff's mind, Moff is... okay. Moff is, if I have to say two things about Moff, Moff is a really good writer, and number two, he's really full of himself. Like, he <laughs> really knows that he is a good writer, you know? And yeah. rightly so. He is he is a, a great creative. Mm. <laughs> but with that mindset, I think comes, I don't need to remind people of who these characters are, because everyone has watched every single iota, every fragment of a scene that I have written. So I think the studio here is going, yeah, but what if someone didn't watch the beginning of the season and they don't know that she's a lesbian and they don't know about the pilot and unfortunately the director, showrunner, whatever has to include this. Because no. I agree with you, this do- this is so malplacé. But it's so crap. It's so crap. And we had that thought as well. I mean, Jim were talking about why this was here and why it's as crap as it is. And it just, and if that's the reason, it doesn't need to be there. There's enough, like, flashbacks that they do to, like, the first episode when the pilot was there and they do a flashback to the tier. Like, all of the little flashbacks exactly set up who she is and how they know each other and you do not need any other information. So this, I like women my own age, is completely irrelevant because we see it all acted out in a much better way in previous episodes. And I don't know if I, like, love the flashbacks either. I don't know if they're, like, the best way of doing it, but they're a better way of doing it than this random awkward line yeah i'm gonna say two things i think one moffat is entirely behind this line it, i don't think so no, why what do makes you say that you've already, said, you've already said you don't think so and i'll tell you why i think so it is exactly his level of cheeky fourth wall breaking style to do this first of all it's the sort of light sarcastic humor that he loves above all else see coupling see moffat's entire oeuvre and also i think that after clara at the end of last series where we had the whole what do they say to each other when we zoom out and the music goes all lovey dovey has clara actually fallen for this old man and we had that do we we had the conversation about do we have this conversation about has that happened or not and and so i think he's he's heard that and his response to it is to do this and just head it off and be like okay i heard you guys it was creepy before i'm going to double underline this with these cheeky lines that bill says here I um I don't think I was on the episode when you discussed that actually, and I think um I had a like a different thought to the rest of you about the Clara thing, and it was that I would have really really loved that if she had told him that she loved him because like but in a platonic way that you spend all of your time with this man who has shown you the world, how could you not fall in love with him? It doesn't have to be romantic sexual love, and so I would I would have absolutely adored the, a, a scene where Clara said I love you and he said I loved it back, and the same here like they've robbed bill of any like emotion because they throw in this really cheeky line which maybe is fully moffat's thing and i I get what you're saying about the like 
sculpting and stuff and it does make sense now you've said that but um it just doesn't I, I, I really want to go back to Leon and see which part made you cry because for me they've robbed her of any like emotional resolution they've just turned it into like this I, I know what part then, made Leon cry I can I can I predict it okay go on go oh on. okay well, no, finish your point and then I'll predict it. Well, yeah, and and then he literally says like, at the end, like, do you have anything else to say? And she's like, no, not really. And it's like, oh, come on. Like, you'd say something. You'd say thank you for the, me- like, for the experience, for the memories. Like, he, like, did she, like, he, did he, she meet his, her mom again because of him or, like, all these photos? Oh, yes. Like, yes. The, he, like yeah, she, yeah. Like, she, he has impacted her life in so many ways. He, she's, like, he's opened up this universe for her. When, you know, she was just serving chips at university and never dreamed that she, like, faking being a student um and she desperately wanted this life and she couldn't have it and now she has like so much more i mean like it just felt really i feel like i could muster up something to say to most people i know if i knew we were gonna die within 30 seconds you're doing it right now (laughs) yeah Yeah, like come on it just didn't i just didn't like that as a send-off you know yeah yeah that was the most one of the most disappointing turns of the episode so have you got anything to say no have you got anything to say no really yeah yeah agreed agreed so go on drew what was leon's tear yeah when did i cry drew you cried when the doctor was confronting the master and missy and laying it all on the line the very core of himself why he does what he does why he is who he is the whole essence of this is why i am as kind as i can be and i am making myself vulnerable in front of you now and i've been friends with you for thousands of years and i just need this one thing and i'll give everything for you to meet me in the middle please leon floods of tears sure of it no ah how could i be wrong where else might I have the opera thing as well? However, I a, a bajillion percent got goosebumps during that scene. Can we talk oh, about okay. this scene now quickly? Because I really this is another go for it, one. Go for it, of, go for it, go for it. This is another one of the, the most angry me like I was during no, this. Really? No. Oh, I'm with Leon. God, no, 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 no. Okay. You wait until I say why. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Go on then, go on then. So we are, the camera is behind. We have the master and Missy either side. The doctor's in the middle and he's talking to them both, or he should be, but he talks to the master. Like Missy gets a cursory yes. glance every yes. now and again. It's 100% at the master. And at, even at yep. the end, he literally goes and stands in front of the master and he's like, I'm begging you, you, the male version of you, not the female version who I have traveled with and who has helped me and who I have seen evolve yep. and change. And she would be the one, if you're going to pull on anyone's heartstrings, she is the one you're going to reach. And no, and he only turns to her after the master goes, nah, fuck this, I'm out of here. And then, as an afterthought, he's like, oh, yeah, you're still here. How about you? And it angered me so much. I couldn't totally get agree with any you. of the like totally. emotional resonance from it at all. Yeah. It, oh, Marie, holy smokes. I am in complete agreement with you. I tried, th- this really annoyed me as well, and I tried desperately to to justify that in some way and the only thing that i could think of and by the way i don't even have myself convinced in this case but the only thing that i could think of was that because he is he precedes her in her in you know in their timeline by by trying to argue to him he is in a sense arguing to both of them like she will also be in some way affected by it but i agree with you it's such nonsense he's spent how i mean i'm 
sure they said this in prior episodes. How many like decades or centuries, centuries have they spent together? Yeah, I think it was centuries. But they've yeah, well, but they, he said a, nothing. Like, wh- why not just use that? Surely that will have had an effect. That seems so dumb. What? Like, did you just keep her locked up in a cell for centuries and not expect that to have some sort of effect? Fuck off episode. That is absolutely the sen- the scene where she should be talking to her younger self and go like, listen, you are not mature enough to understand what's going on. I will explain this to you now. Mm. Like, we are the same person, but you are my younger self. Yeah, but she and- knows him too well. She knows that he will react with the exact same blank, unlistening, white-hot rage that he does eventually exhibit. Yeah. I mean, and she, I the, the scene- she was him. And I like that you're trying to think of a re- an explanation for this. Because I did the same. I was like, there's got to be a reason. They wouldn't just put this in here without yeah. thinking about it. And I couldn't come up with one. And I think the counter to what you just said is that they know that Missy doesn't have memories of this time because that's already been established. She remembered like a- an odd thing, but it doesn't affect her. And B, like he met Missy like pre all of this time spent with her and like the emotional journey they've been on. And he knows that she wasn't like a better woman then. Mm. So why would this talking to him impact? Like it would have to change her timeline and like like alter the person she is today. And that like that just seems so messy. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, this is why I don't even have myself convinced in this argument. The, mm. the it, it seems really, really poor. The, the only reason I can assume this is in it, and I'm not in favor of it, is because there hasn't been any real interaction to date throughout Capaldi's run with the John Sim master. Mm. And we, like we quote-unquote as an audience or we quote-unquote as the people at BBC Studios who are, you know, signing off checks that's what we want to see oh there's a new character a newer version of the master who hasn't interacted with the doctor we want to see that on screen exactly this is what i came to the conclusion with is that yeah they've brought him in and so they need to make him like there needs to be a reason that he's there and not just missy and if it was all directed at missy then john sims kind of a secondary character so they've kind of tried to focus on him more um yeah but it's it's well i i think I think they needed to make that scene more dynamic with the Masters and the Doctor in general. Like like the fact that he just spews a whole admittedly great monologue at them is a bit disappointing. And what I found most infuriating when I watched it was... I love that monologue. <laughs> was, no. Well, yeah, but, but this is why I found infuriating what I did was Sim's response. Like the Doctor is just... I gone, love that response! No, no, what? let me tell you why. I I agree that it's accurate, but it's still infuriating. The Doctor has gone through this whole thing. Look, you do the right thing, the decent thing, the best thing you can do. Why don't you help people just a little? Be kind, wear a fucking mask. And Sim, (laughs) like all the anti-maskers, responds, this is the face that didn't listen to a word you just said. And you can see my lips moving perfectly on this face that didn't just listen because I won't wear a mask. I love it. (laughs) So, yes, uh, uh, while infuriating, Sim's reaction is entirely plausible within the realm Mm. of uh, people we are aware of. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that scene so powerful, though? Isn't Sim's reaction at the end of it so powerful? Because you expect at least a modicum of a reaction, any kind of emotional resonance. But instead he just says... Look at this face. This is the face that didn't listen at all. Well, no, no, didn't give a damn. No, what? Well, he 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 didn't give a damn, but it cost him nothing. If it had been the face that had listened to every word he just said, 
and reckoned it at naught, then I would have actually felt something. But Sim isn't listening. Like he, he may as well not. He may as well be a Cyberman. Is what I'm saying. Like he's repressed his mm-hmm. emotions. Like mm, I, I, had, I had no love left for that character after that moment. It's like, well, fuck you then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think the master generally, there's always this like pull of like he does have a little bit of a conscience there somewhere, and that's why the Doctor keeps trying, and it didn't show any kind of give. Like they kind of put all the emotional side onto Missy. The master was like too, a bit more two dimensional than he has been in the past, maybe because it was yes. just so yes. Like, I'm not going to respond to this. This is something that you guys have not changed my mind about. Oh, by the way, I still, <laughs> yes. in writing, I have the highest, such a crazy high rate. Okay. Um, okay. You should be thanking us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally, we have one iteration of the master. We have either Missy, or we have the John Sim master, or in classic, we have, you know, Delgado, Ainsley. Well, like, we, we have one iteration of the master Derek Jacobi. on screen. Uh, or Derek Jacobi. Or Derek Jacobi. We have one iteration of the master at any time. But Derek Jacobi, by the way, maybe in, in big finish, but not on TV, because Derek Jacobi doesn't really act like the master. Derek Jacobi doesn't know that he's the master. Oh, in those three minutes, he, he said everything that could possibly be said about being the master. Okay, dude, hide your boner for a second. Here's the thing. The... the uh, <laughs> normally we have one iteration of the master on screen at any given point, and part of what that master is trying to convey, particularly in New Who, you have the one aspect of, of his persona that is a friend of the Doctor's, and is perhaps slightly morally... Like, experiencing some sort of moral qualms. The other aspect, the other part of that persona is just pure evil, so sinister, diabolical, on an almost cartoonish level. Here, we have two iterations of the Master. One of them is megalomaniacal, and the other one is a friend of the Doctor. Okay, so Don Capilti, that's why friend. you have the separation. Missy yeah, is the exactly. super-duper positive one. It, John Sim has to be this extreme, exaggerated version of even whom he portrayed when he was the single master on screen. But I don't I don't like that at all because Ma- Missy is not 100% the doctor's friend here. There's moments where she betrays him and when she says I wrote it down there's a line she says like I was on, I was yeah. secretly on your side all along and even he doesn't know whether that's true and we as the audience don't know whether that's true. Like mm. she's she's not like it's not like good and evil. She's allowed to have like the gray and and we don't 100% know where she's going at all times. And the, and therefore, in contrast to that, the master, like John Simmons' master, does just look like a bit of a caricature. A twat. Yeah, right. the, the, <laughs> that's the word I was the searching fact for. That she, <laughs> the fact that she stabs him, the fact that she stabs her younger self, isn't that enough of an argument uh, to substantiate that she is the positive version? She is the oh, good yeah, version of the master. For sure, but we only get that at the end, and we don't, up until that point, we're not sure whose side she's on, which I think is really cool. Yeah, but I don't think that it's going to be any more clear-cut than that with the master. No, I don't. Like, I'm saying I, I, I don't want it to be. That's, that's almost. A, that's my point. I'm sorry. Go. That's my point. I don't want it to be any more clear cut. I like that she's oh, okay. like shades of grey, yeah. and we never know what she's thinking, and we she could flip at any second. And I don't think that just because she stabbed John Sim that it now means she's 100 percent on the Doctor's side either. Like that's, that's really true. good. It's far more powerful. Far more. Yeah. Compelling. Super duper interesting, and therefore in comparison, the Master by John Sim is not interesting in the slightest. That agreed. was my point. So yeah. agreed. That was going to be 
like most of my rating. Like I can't believe how much more I enjoyed Michelle Gomez as Missy than John Sim as the Master. That's so interesting because I've, I've specifically made a mention in my mini rating in my in my ratings mini. Sorry uh, about how John Sim is the one that I would focus on here. Uh, okay, so the Master changed. Where is the Doctor asking? Wait, what happened to you? Like, you've never been this bad. You've never been this fully evil. Can we explore this before you go? For, like, a whole season, the Master, in Classic Who, the Master was a straight-up skeleton in a black robe. Like, the the, the Master has been archetypally evil. <laughs> okay. And so John Sim is like, oh, yeah, big whoop, you know? Yeah, sure, you're a bad guy. I get it. It's in your character. I just feel like... Okay, here's the, another question the, about the Master. Oh, sorry, go for it. In the no, new who's that's not like that's not the master that we've been shown though, and I feel like villains generally in like more modern like TV and films and stuff there we go more towards the grey. We don't like villains that are just 100% bad anymore. That's not really true. interesting. So it's a weird choice yeah. to make, I think. Yeah. It, also, it's because there isn't any setup of it, it's weightless when he is 100% evil. Like, if there had been some other event that he could have described or some interaction with the Doctor, some aspect to the character, I want to know why the Master is this two-dimensional. Like, <laughs> instead of just rocking up and being like... Hey, I lost my third dimension. Guess I'm boring now. Hate you, Doctor. Hate you, hate you, hate you, hate you, hate you. Like, give us some meat. Give us some actual character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All fair arguments. (laughs) Can I ask a different question about the John Sim Master? Why is his face so round? (laughs) No. Some some people just have round faces, okay? Shut up. Round? I really enjoyed that scene, actually. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> in this episode, it it appears it's made clear that the reason that the master, that the John Sim master, to be clear, disguised himself for uh, aeons As in Mr. that that was just for the Mondasians' benefit. That he was disguising himself in order to not be recognised by the Mondasians. Do you buy that for one second? He did not have a dematerializer, so it's disguise. He likes disguises. Put no more thought into it, please. Move yeah, on. but how shit is the Cyberman identification module? If you can look at a person who's simply wearing a bald cap, are you really going to be fooled by this? Also, when he first becomes Mr. Razor, there are no Cybermen. He can stop the whole cyber program. He's just fooling people. Hello, I have recently moved to the uh, deck. I am Russian from deck 1054. (laughs) Mr. Yuri, is that you? (laughs) People get joke in 2022. (laughs) I'm keeping that as is. (laughs) Do we have any other... Either positives or negatives we would like to highlight. There are so many positives to this episode. So Mm -hmm. many. There are so many good lines. Finally. Yeah. (laughs) They say to the doctor, we didn't know how many regenerations you had. If we just thrown you off the building, we could have been up and down the stairs all night. It's brutal. Anything else? Do you want me to carry on? When the doctor says about how he changed the programming, it's like, you should know by now that when you're winning and I'm in the room... You're missing something. Oh, love Whoa. it. That's such a so good. logically so freaking crazy constructed good. line like A leads to B implies C. Mm. So mm. good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The doctor's dead. He told me he's al- he's always hated you. Twice. 
<laughs> he told me he'd always hated you. Let's go. <laughs> and exactly the same from Missy and the Vet. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm going to be a woman fairly soon. Any tips or old bras? Oh, These are all saw... sim lines I'm suddenly quoting, and they are great, and it's all just negated by that being a wanker later on. And I love the master as a wanker. He just takes it too far. It, for... I found my limit. For the benefit of Podcast Land, they, those positives are not negated for me. I think Sim, Sim to me stands out as incredible, uh, sorry, not Sim. The Sim Master stands out as an incredibly good character, a character with incredible potential mm. that was never, ever realized during the original run of that character. There are so many, so many scenes during this episode where I just went like, wow, he's so good. I, I, I've made a couple of notes here. Like the, the, um, he's talking about being old school whilst touching his goatee, which is it to me, at least a reference to classic master. Oh. Uh, the whole, I also made a note of the, the, you know, he's just smiling and smiling and smiling, not saying a word. And then she's going round about his face. <laughs> Um, the way that he's so incredibly callous in dealing with Bill after she is she has reemerged as Cyber Bill, and I mean this this is both a positive for the Sim Master and for Cyber Bill because Bill, my goodness, he's talking about riling a fridge. And she, despite having been turned into a Cyberman, exhibits such incredible compassion and patience as a character. My goodness, I've, I, I, I don't know if we've ever had a character on on Doctor Who, a companion certainly on Doctor Who, who has been this strong and 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 generous and selfless. Yeah, the the sudden cutaway as the master passes in front of camera to Bill holding back tears from the Cyberman to Bill, just barely holding it together. Yeah. Heart-wrenching, honestly. Yeah. Mm. I mean, to be fair, I don't understand why Bill is keeping it together. Why Bill goes, no, I'm not angry. I mean, you were just angry and you lasered a bomb. Well, it's Surely, because the, the doctor's told her not to be angry, to like control herself and to rein in her anger. So she's she's doing what he asked her. Yeah, no, that's 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 completely fair. And she's a great person, and she's very good at at like, immediately taking in the new context of her uh, her mode of existence. But if you encountered the person who turned you into a fridge, and that person is making fun of you for being a fridge, mm-hmm. would you not just like? Very, him. <laughs> very slowly tear that person's limbs off. Like just <laughs> incredibly slowly, pop one arm, pop or another arm, maybe a dick. Oops, how <laughs> clumsy of me. Yeah, like just would would you not in that moment just want to sacrifice everything to have your revenge? Most people would. Not if you're however bell. good they are. Yeah, but we can only dream of being as strong as Bill. That's the thing. That's the thing. You're right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But th- I mean, is... other positives about the most. Oh, sorry, Drew. I was going to say, this is all the evidence that I wish we had seen earlier in the series when the Doctor was like, this is why I chose you. And Bill did something completely trivial to apparently justify it. Yeah. Mm. All Agreed. the strength of yes. character is finally evidenced way too late. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately so. But yes, I agree. 
Which, to bring it back round again to my first point, is exactly why she should have been the one to stay behind. Because I forgot I'd written it down, but the um, argument they're having, Nardole and Bill, about who will stay behind, is, he says, the question is, which one of us is stronger? And the answer is, Bill is the strongest of all of you. So... Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what, apart from Nardole's arrogance, is making him conclude that he's stronger than the Doctor? I think that's it. I think it's the arrogance. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but it has to be more than that because the doctor asks him and Nardole is turned away from him. And so we get to see the full effect of Matt Lucas, just sobriety and the, the dreadful realization washing over him. Like this is supposed to be a very solemn moment where he goes, damn, and it's supposed to be really meaningful and powerful. And it's just based on nothing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and as you say, the perfect thing would have been for Bill to say, actually, I am far stronger. I'll take care of everything. <laughs> I've got this one. Yeah. What did sure. you think of Nardole? Yeah, I want to die anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. We still haven't worked out which bit Leon cried at. That's true. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, okay, so I cried on... I cried on numerous occasions during this episode. Not the bit I suggested. <laughs> yeah, no, not the bit you suggested, Drew. See, you don't know me. Marie okay? was almost crying with rage at that point. <laughs> I was, I was. Was it the master and Missy talking in the lift when they killed each other? That's one of them. What? Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know, why? but I was like already super emotional at that point. Like, crazy emotional. So I cried at that scene. I cried, okay. I think possibly the first time that I cried during this episode was when Nardole left. I know that's a you silly scene. Yeah, but I, I, like, I waved in slow motion. <laughs> well, because you I, couldn't I broke, bear the into, I broke down into tears when that happened. It was the, the like, uh, you're wrong. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna find the words for this. And I'm like, oh, you're so right, Nardole. No, no. will I? First of all, I thought. Once again, lazy bad writing. Secondly, uh-huh. I thought Leon will be crying at this because of Nardole's ultimate fate of having to live with all these child actors, be stuck on a deck of nothing but Not child a single actors. one of them is CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your heart went out to the poor bastard. Yeah. Where else did I cry? I cried when the pilot arrived. So not the fair, not Bill's actual farewell when they leave the TARDIS, because that was, the, even I was like, wow, where's my boner? But, w- but when the pilot arrives, and I oh, all of a sudden... She ringoos out of the puddle, and you're like... <laughs> yeah, she shows up in the puddle, and I'm like, oh my, oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness oh there's a way out for bill oh my goodness bill is gonna find like she's gonna have an actual life it's gonna be a different kind of life but she's gonna be a, a, she's gonna be bill again or a different like bill 2.0 i'm oh, okay. so happy for her oh my goodness yeah and okay. I, I i cried like a child oh, when else did i cry on a train, on a on public transport behind my mask, I was crying like a child. Actually, you know what? That might be the sum total of times when I cried during this episode. But like, yeah. wow, this this episode really got to me, guys. Like, th- it really tugged on my feel strings. Yikes, caramba! Let's okay. So let's talk about the passenger. No, what's she called? 
the pilot. The pilot, sorry. I, she rides I like and the, she rides. I like that she came back, and I like the little reference to the tear, and then it made, suddenly made sense, this, like, where there's tears, there's hope, that's all there. Mm-hmm. No, hate but, that. Hate where there's tears, there's hope. What a first world tone well, deaf statement that is. Yeah, by I the mean, way, yeah, in brackets, sure. ick. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's, subject verb disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's but red pen it, all over this script. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't it just remind you of like Clara's exit? It's like, okay, it's not really an exit. I'm just going to go and travel the universe with this rando woman that I found. And then oh, the same with Bill. Like, Oh yep. my goodness, you're so right. I didn't yep, yep, think yep. about that. Mm. Yep, after a long siege. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, that's... No, that's the siege is a different, a different doctor entirely. But yes, yeah. there are now four women. Me, Clara... <laughs> the pilot and Bill all just wanging around the universe in diners and puddles. Yeah, and they're all immortal. Like it's just we, you know. Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we've had that conversation before. In fact, when they should, they 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 ought to, and when they do, they should just go like, "Wow, this was lazy, wasn't it?" The, 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 <laughs> yeah, we've had this conversation before. There are. It's way too easy to become an immortal in mm. the universe nowadays. Yeah. I I. Uh, wholeheartedly disagree with that as a concept that should not be the case mm. and i get that you don't want to kill off mm. every companion but there's got to be there's something between dying now and living forever <laughs> like yeah they can't exactly. be the only two options i mean at, at a certain point bill gets the option like do you want to travel back in like i can travel i can put you in any time and place <gasps> she could travel an back in time could have been like to see her mom oh yeah that could have been an option or it could have been all right fine put me back at the time of the episode the pilots mm. and when that i can't remember what that woman's name was what, oh heather sorry when heather is on her way to the puddle we just have a scene of bill grabbing her by the arm and going i don't think you should go there and mm. then those two go off and have a fantastic <gasps> life together oh my god that would have been nice yeah. I mean, this sort of asks a bigger question, which is, I know we have the Doctor Who version of Eternals and everything, but should there be a character as powerful as Heather mm. in the Doctor Who universe? No. Basically, no. basically a Doctor who doesn't need a TARDIS, who has the power over life and death and will go anywhere in space and time. Yeah, yeah a Q. We shouldn't have a Q. Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. Q, I- as great as he was in TNG... The worst thing about TNG is that there is such a thing as Q. Like, th- th- there shouldn't be a, th- a Q. I'm so glad that he's there, but he shouldn't be. Oh, but he's brilliantly constituted, isn't he? Because his whole character explains why they can't call on him to sort out any of their problems, because he's a massive bellend. <laughs> <laughs> they really thought ahead on that one. Yeah, now say that about Heather. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we, we've got a problem here. We don't know how to solve this. How are we going to do this? Maybe we could just like, is there any water in the room? Could we <laughs> ask Heather to come in and fix this? Yeah, Is anyone here yeah. a lesbian? Oh, damn it. No. No, sorry. Heather's a massive bellend. We can't <laughs> do this. See, it doesn't have the same ring to it. No. It just doesn't, doesn't work. I watched the Doctor Who fan show, which is what Doctor Who Confidential had morphed into by this point. Mm. 
And Moffat was on there saying that he gave Bill this ending because he doesn't want the show to be a grim affair devoid of optimism. He wants it to be big hearted and to believe in kindness and love. And he wants viewers to retain a sense of hope that wisdom will triumph in the end rather than being all twisted and bitter and gritty. And that's why he never goes fully dark and always double back, doubles back on himself. I quote him in saying, I'm damned if Doctor Who is going to join in with the general chorus of despair. So that's his rationale. I don't know what he thought of Chibber's first two seasons, but that was his view at the time. Are there any positives left in, left in this episode that you guys have not mentioned? There must be something that you enjoyed about this episode. So please, 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 so please, much. for the love of all that is pure. Wait, I there just have so one, much, more, one more slightly negative thing before we jump into the positive things, just so it's like we can end on a positive, maybe. Um, oh, Marie, it doesn't right. have to be all one thing and then the other. That's not how you should split up the masters. There should be a bit of grey area in both parts of the podcast. I just don't have anything positive to add, so... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, basically, you want to get this out of the way and then kick back for the next half hour. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Maybe go make a cup of tea. No, I just had a little question about uh, when the Cybermen do all descend or ascend and reach deck 507 there's a but why are there still mondasian cybermen with this mega modern uber like army cybermen because they they make mondasian shoot doc and I, my first thought was like oh no is bill like is it finally the cyberman insider has taken over and she's been able, <gasps> unable to control herself oh. and then realized it wasn't it was just some random mondasian and i just don't know why they would still be there if hundreds of years have passed why are they still making mondasians wouldn't they all have like why or don't send them up here they can be cleaning the toilet i don't think they're still else. making mondasians it's just like the i mean you're referring to like the early versions right of the yeah. like the see, they look like bill socks basically. over the heads kind of cyberman yeah it's just that they didn't upgrade them the they were already quote-unquote cybermen and that's enough we're not no, no, gonna no, create new you, ones wouldn't you send your super strong like army version up rather than sending well, the old ones I mean that's a that's a fair question. I feel like you're just sending all of them because up until now they've been sending. Okay, wait, hang on. Can I ask a, a sub question to that? Why have they been sending people who are like apparently just patients in the hospital up there? Yeah, all the dudes I don't who know. are. Um, what was it called? Scarecrows. Mm. They're just, I mean, they're basically still like holding an IV on a, on a little, you know, on a little trolley thing. Like, what the shit are you doing on floor? What's it called? You should be in a hospital bed. But I yeah, think how that did they a... get that far? Exactly. Yeah. How did they get there? Why did they get there? Well, for two reasons. One, because they look really cool as scarecrows, and that is a really creepy like image to open mm-hmm. on. I do like that a lot. And I think because that all happens in the beginning and then they're there, it's like two weeks later and Nardole's building up the barricades and stuff. And so maybe no one's come for two weeks. And so two weeks on level 507 is hundreds of years back on level one. And then when the new Cybermen come through, they've evolved. So that's the discrepancy between the two different ones coming at different times. It's just that the... All the different Cybermen's coming at the same time just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like if hundreds yeah. of years of something in, okay. Sorry, I think there's something in part one about why they end up on deck 507 and they've already sent people after them. The fact that they, mm. there is no cyber element to them at all is baffling and not what I expected to see. Um, but to address your point, Marie... 
Cybermen are weapons. They're part of a military arsenal. You have different kinds of tanks, and you have different makes of aircraft in the same army or air force. But we've just never seen it before. Normally when there's an army of Cybermen, they are all identical. We don't have different variations. Yeah, but we don't usually see that hundreds of years have passed. I mean, perhaps there is some sort of unspoken code among them that once you have been converted you don't get reconverted once they've I think, upgraded the rest of them i mean that's then how i read it and i think that kind of makes sense from a weird robotics standpoint but then but how many people were actually on that every other time we've had an army of cyberman there'd surely be previous versions as well that would be there then it just doesn't fit in with what we've seen previously <laughs> yeah that's like a fair Doctor point yeah. yeah that's a super fair point well not in age of steel um and the subsequent doomsday because roger lloyd pack has just developed those and you get the new cybermen fully formed like they are brand new fresh out of the box fresh out of his brain so they're the first version of his lot maybe hundreds of years later they'd make super quick cybermen and uh the old ones are still hanging around i don't know but I think it's a much less interesting question, sorry, Marie, than why... You did bring up the more interesting question, though, mm, of yeah. why did they have a Mondasian Cyberman shoot Doctor, if not to yeah. have you think it was Bill? And why didn't he then look at it himself thinking it might be Bill and run with that? Exactly. Well, this is my point, really, is like they've put them in there and then not really used them. Like, what was the point of them being there if they're not going to... Because I immediately... I don't know if anyone else did. I immediately thought that was Bill. I didn't actually i really i just assumed it was some cyberman Mm. and by the way it turned out it was just some cyberman Mm. yeah but i don't know if maybe the the idea is to if the doctor had turned to her and said oh bill please don't tell me your programming's gone who is bill and he's like oh bill please don't tell me you've forgotten who you are who is bill oh bill i can't believe you're in there and you can't remember who you are (laughs) just spool it on like that Well, I don't know if maybe the idea is that at this point, you know how Bill, like Bill sees herself, not when she looks in the mirror, but like she assumes that she is regular Bill. She hears her own voice in her head and so on and so forth. That is not me. I wonder if, soundbite, I wonder if the idea is that Capaldi's dog is so in tune with his dear, dear friend, Bill, that even he can recognize Bill from other Cybermen. Yeah, all the tear stains. (laughs) That's it. I mean, again, it's a nice theory, but there's nothing in episode to show that, so... No, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. that's completely true. There's there's another thing that pisses the crap out of me. Oh, Marie, that's a good way of phrasing it. Yes, is, please. Um, <laughs> about there being lots and lots of different Cybermen in this episode, or rather, how that is portrayed on screen, or rather, in ear. Because wow, we could they not afford more than one step sound effect? Why <laughs> the no? You know what? Yeah, this merits an f bomb. Why the fuck did every single step by every foot of every Cyberman of every style of every model? sound the exact same and even at the same volume like they (laughs) all it's the same but it's the laziest sound editing ever having that sound effect for everyone including people who don't use gears for knees oh no one ever thinks about the foot also they got it right first time couldn't improve on perfection oh two good reasons Mm. no no (laughs) sorry i'm not okay i'm not okay with that 
But you're right. Actually, like thinking about it again, maybe maybe it is really cool to have all these different Cybermen. But you're right. They should have more thought should have gone into how we portray them. And I do think it, like this, if they're gonna make the Cyberman that kills the Doctor look exactly like Bill, there should have been some like there should have been a reason for that. It just doesn't seem very well thought through. Before we quickly jump into ratings, can I just say a couple more things that I liked? There's so many good lines. The Doctor says there's Cybermen, there's no such thing as long enough. I like that. Gave me a tingle. I liked Hasran, played by Samantha Spiro, coming on to Nardole, bumping ah. tankards. She'll try yeah. anything once. <laughs> and a little bit of trivia she's been in a Moffat show before one I've already mentioned tonight she was in oh, Coupling really? oh, playing nice. Jeffina which oh. I can only assume was a perfect female facsimile of Jeff mm. <laughs> which I would happily rewatch again just to find out what the hell she was like yeah me too <laughs> that sounds great yeah and a fact about her she's played Barbara Windsor in two separate TV movies 2000's Cool Blimey and 2017's Babs oh my goodness what a legend (laughs) (laughs) and Leon here's a note which you wanted to put a pin in earlier uh huh Missy's death Right, yeah. And it's lack of resolution. We certainly don't find out what happened later on when we get the uh, the version of the Master that the 13th Doctor encounters, right? Nope. There's no, like... Nothing, oh. no, no hints, even. No cryptic sort of pointers in any no. way. Just, I'm back. I'm here. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I wink now like Anne Robinson. <laughs> hmm. Because she... I'm going to reserve that as a potential negative for the next iteration well, of the Master rather than this one. It's a complete dick move on Moffat's part, by the way. <laughs> oh, it absolutely. Is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he, not only, he not only gives her the full blast, uh, and which is enough by itself, but then <laughs> she gets the full deck blast. She's oh, dead yeah. twice oh, no. over. Yeah. She is doubly, absolutely dead. Impossible that she survived either of those things. Maybe, I mean, maybe Heather only... comes back and cries on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another op- option as well, I think, and that is that the John Sim Master will regenerate into someone other than Missy. Like, the John Sim Master, for example, could regenerate into the Master that we see encountering the 13th Doctor, and then at some point later on in their life, they regenerate into Missy. It seems pretty unlikely, though, because they talk to each other in this episode very much as if Missy was no, the no, regenerated no. One step sin. further, yeah. But yeah. she says, I, like, I assume so, but I don't really remember. It's all a bit hazy. So they do leave uh, a bit bingo, of wiggle room there. Bingo. Yeah. That's oh, right. Maybe, maybe that's it. Just, just, so maybe just. Missy is the Thank you, Marie. regeneration mm, 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 then, and everything else comes in between. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But, I mean, it's still a dick move on Moff's part because, like, <laughs> wow, we've taken this the nemesis, the Moriarty of our titular character. And, oh, it just so happens to be in the penultimate episode of my run as showrunner. Yeah, that, that character is now out of the picture. Yeah, it's pretty shit. Yeah. And amazing. Oh, and I just wanted to say that although we talked about Capaldi's addressing of Sim rather than Missy and Sim's reaction to that, and I I pissed all over that and and hated most of that, I loved the part where 
all he ever wanted was for her to stand with him and she completely responds to that in her face and then she looks down at his hand and she processes what it means and she's like there's a red line that i just can't cross and maybe she does later on in in the woods and it is slightly dissembling but it's such high drama it's exactly what i want from two the two primary characters of this show it's exactly what i want i loved that part i really did and and that bumps my rating up an enormous amount up you say well i'm glad to hear it (laughs) also here's a line i met i I was gonna say i love being surrounded means everyone's looking at me come on on. it's great come on marie Marie, come on admit it marie there are some great lines great lines like i'm yeah it's it's very well made there's lots of great lines lots of great acting it's just the problems that i have a i don't know i can say all this in a rating and now it is time to rate this did we laugh or hate this bing bong bing bong hey la 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 ratings right this was an excellent concluding second part but almost as full of flaws as we've discussed as the giant 400 mile long spaceship lots i could still continue to talk about sontarans perverting the course of human history that capaldi says as he jumps up from the tardis floor seemingly from death sounds quite prophetic now after watching some of flux we've talked about many of those flaws already but there are yet more that i could talk about Bill sees herself as Bill, humanises the Cybermen. That's great. Even Doc just sees the Cybermen. Very tragic. You have Bill touching her head. It pans away to her gloved hand. It cuts back to a Cyberman in her place. The visuals, the the visuals throughout this episode are exquisite. There's a lot of budget. And, but the, the artistic touches as well. It's not just about throwing money at the screen. There is some real thought going into this episode. But there are flip sides. It doesn't help when... Bill is a Cyberman that none of the rest can be liberated. They're all just targets to be destroyed in the same old tired way. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Just even, even True. just, mm. even just summarizing it in a couple of sentences, like re- the Bill says, what about the others? Can they be saved? And the doctor is full of remorse when he says that they can't. Mm. I feel like that would have helped. I like though, that cybers get started wherever there's people, like sewage, smartphones, and Donald Trump, which <laughs> Donald Trump is the product of the previous two things in that yeah. sentence, uh, yeah. which is it's just so lovely. Well done, Moth. Indeed. I, I found in my notes that I was actually much less compelled by the Master or Missy in their more evil moments. I basically just found the question of whether Missy will turn back again far more fascinating. It's like Marie says, just put some grey in all of them. We briefly mentioned Capaldi's Mr. Volcano Act. I would like to remark how it still brings incredible power. We've been watching him frown at the camera for three series at this point, but he's still dialing it up and up. He can still affect. He still is an enormous presence every time the shot's on him. It's fantastic. However, same scene. Bill is holding the shuttlecraft down by the ladder. It's redonkulous. Even if that ladder can possibly hold together, even if it's made out of asbantium, why isn't she suddenly launched into the air? Why isn't the roof torn off the building if she's holding onto it with suction perfect Cyberman shoes? Doesn't make any sense. The second that little girl throws the apple, just torch it if you're a Cyberman. Don't wait for it to land. Lock it in a force field. Chuck it at the farmhouse. It's obviously a weapon. Are they going to say, maybe she was offering us food. My mouth is too small to eat it. Children can be so cruel. No, just slice and dice that thing. 
And then last one, Missy Bill and Ted's the way out of their situation. The master has lost a dematerialization circuit using something that they just said was impossible because their memories aren't being retained because the timelines are out of sync. Don't say this is how this works and then fuck it up 10 minutes later. Just don't. However, what I've been meaning to say before this rating and right now Every other scene was excellent telly. So well set up, so much riding on it. All the interactions, okay, now I'm remembering Nardole's farewell, but all the other farewells and the dancing on the rooftop of the hospital. I mean, I could pick almost any scene out of this episode. And once I've gone through the list of flaws, I would still find a whole bunch of stuff that I liked. I am still markedly in the positive column for this. I'm giving it a 3.9. 3.9 from Drew. Who's wow. next? <laughs> Why, it'll be me. What a big heart you have, Drew. <laughs> no. It oh, was... oh, my goodness. All right. Fine. <laughs> I, want, I, just... I feel like that's not quite a compliment. <laughs> I want to start off by saying that everything you said is absolutely true. It is a fantastic episode. The visuals are great. There's a lot you can tell. There's a lot gone into... Um, yeah, just everything you said. There are some amazing scenes. There are, the acting is fantastic. I do adore Bill in this. Um, when she's coming to realize, you know, who she is. Like, there's just there is a lot of positive to say about it, and I feel like Leon is going to have that covered. So I'm going to leave that there. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I just have to say, and I do, I don't know what it is. If it's coming off the back of like we're obviously watching Flux at the minute, and I am like I was telling the guys earlier like i am obsessed with flux i adore it it is so good (laughs) and it's really like female strong and there was a line in this that said like oh maybe you know is the future all female and the doctor replies oh we can only hope or something like that and then it just feels like the women in this episode are not treated well like all of the things that i've pulled up that are like really things that really bothered me it is because women are not allowed to be in the same space as men so doc and nardo can fight about who's going to be the braver person and stay behind and sacrifice themselves and bill just has to stand along and watch it and then doc is trying desperately to get the master to come on his side and not once does he think hey maybe missy maybe this you know strong woman who i have this relationship with maybe she'll be on my side and i just it really felt like this throwaway line ruined it for me because if you're gonna say something like that then prove it and make the women start Mm. the show and it felt like it was just a thing that was setting up oh we're gonna have a female doctor next isn't that fantastic and i just feel like the women in this episode could have been treated better and so it made me like this is why it got me so angry and maybe i'll watch it on a different day and it won't bother me so much and i'll feel a little bit more generous to it but at the minute it just it just really really got to me and so this is why i can't go it's like it's still it is a good episode and i do there's a lot to praise and i really like i'm sure the first time i watched it i really enjoyed it but for whatever reason this time i just didn't and so i'm gonna go it's not it's not terrible it's obviously better than like it's better than an average episode so i'd go a little bit above average i'll give it a 2.8 oh, oh, oh i mean I'm, I'm i'm clutching my heart right now but actually i'm feeling this pain in my head my heart my feet my every everywhere i'm i'm in pain right now marie mm, i'm yeah. sorry I, I was about to regenerate and you just threw a whole snow drift on me <laughs> we haven't even talked about the first doctor leon carry on yeah we, oh my you're God, right, we but... haven't 
That was actually one of my positives. I really, really loved the ending. Uh, really? Do you want to change your rating? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Uh, I think that <laughs> I think the conversations about the first doctor, maybe we save that for the next one because yeah. that's gonna be a proper first doctor episode. But okay. I pinned some bullet points on the train, tears streaming down my face. I'm obviously exaggerating. I was kind of holding back because I was a little embarrassed on the train. Public transport and so on and so forth. But <laughs> Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to read out my point of view on the train, okay? And then I'm going to add my clearly revised rating, not <laughs> thanks to but because of YouTube. <laughs> so ungrateful. Uh, <laughs> here's how I start. Oh, sweet buttery Moses, how appropriate that they say that where there's tears in bracket sick, there's hope because I've never cried this much during a single episode of Doctor Who. Can we just rename this whole season the Bill season? The emotional turmoil mm. she must be going through, coupled with her boundless understanding, patience, and compassion, paint a portrait of such a good person. Even with a fridge for a torso, she <laughs> has the kindest heart of everyone around. And Doc! OMFG, he's ready to sacrifice everything. Call it quits after 13 lives. I counted them, there were only 13, none prior. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> The Blase Jelly Baby reference. I loved it. If this season is the Bill season, then this episode could just be called Amazing Goodbyes because, my goodness, Doc, Bill, Noddle, Missy, The Master, all of them heart-wrenching and exquisite. And if that episode title has already been taken, then let's at least call it Shit-Hot Monologues that will make your brain cry because Doc's soliloquy even sways Missy. That's in. That's that's how I reacted, okay? That's how I felt at the time. Yeah, mm. it was great. Great telly. I understand. Yeah. Missy and the master. What a freaking pairing. They're amazing together. Missy is always great, obviously. But, and I alluded to this before, I'm particularly impressed by the John Sim master because he was a little meh when he first showed up in New Who. But here he is wonderfully evil. Plus points for his throbbing horn, by the way. The writing of this episode is so utterly top-notch. The very last note I made the other day when I watched this was all caps. OMG, the tears! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, so much red string and jam. Exclamation point times three. Muff, please come back. Exclamation point again times three. Say what you will about the guy, he really can spin a good yarn and somehow even makes the Bill and Ted logic hold up. Mm. As pre-farewell farewells go, this is right up there with literally no other episode ever that I can think of. And I am prepared to forgive it almost any and all problems. And for that, <laughs> and with that in mind, just the other day, I gave this a 4.9. <laughs> wow. You're just wrong. Sorry, you guys have changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just hastily scribbled three more points to this. Bill should have offered herself up for self-sacrifice and Doc should have just accepted it. Number two, why don't Missy and Doc just address the same master together? And number three, could the Beeb not afford at least a second step sound effect? <laughs> I've changed my 4.9 to... 4.2. I'm okay. still up there. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, guys. Oh. You're not 0.3 ahead of me. Don't act like we're so different. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 4.2. Okay. There was so much to like. It was super dark in places about, yeah, younger donors are fresher. There's less to throw away, says yeah. Missy with relish. <laughs> 
Yikes. Bill yeah. talking about hanging on in a hurricane. Oh. Yeah. 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 Don't yeah. stop, Drew. You're going to talk him up now. <laughs> right. Shall we have a listen to what Podcast Land thinks of this? Oh, yes, please. Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Holy moly, we've got six minis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's as many right. fingers as Tans has. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I wonder if, if Tans is on this list. Okay, well, first out the gate, we've got Awesome Alfie. Hello, Alfie. Awesome. Hi, Alfie. You wrote in, Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> Alfie says, Hey, another good episode. I love the Cybermen. I love the Masters. I love the Doctor's speech. It's kind of sad, but I think it would be sadder if Bill just died instead of turning into a puddle girl. However, this should have been the episode Doc regenerated in instead of the boring twice upon a time. <gasps> Spoilers! Spoilers! Oh. How do you feel about that, Alfie? Interesting. So, Alfie gives this episode a... Four out of five from the former Cyberman, now Puddle Boy, awesome Alfie. Wow, what a year <laughs> Alfie's having. <laughs> awesome, thank you very much, Alfie. Who's next? <laughs> Why, next up, it's Kieran Evans. What up, Kieran? Woohoo, hi, Kieran. Evanly that you wrote in, Kieran. Kieran hey. begins. Hey, it's a Moffat finale I like. I feel like it's a novelty. Compared to some, it's a low-key affair. Really? <laughs> the Doctor <laughs> is set to try to save a few people because it's the right thing to do. Okay. And the Doctor is dying due to the actions of the Cybermen, linking back to the Tenth Planet. Mm. Bill and Nardole are great, and brilliant camera work of getting the differing shots of Bill in both her forms. Oh, agreed. Absolutely. And Kieran likes the master-missy dynamic and bickering. Is the master dead? No! As the classic gang are about to discover in a few episodes' time, it's very hard to kill the master. And of course, we know about the one. Wherever he fits in. Kieran continues, A minor gripe that the modern stomping feels out of place with a 10th planet-style Cyberman. Agreed. Thank you very much. They aren't that mechanical in nature. Agreed! It just feels a bit silly. Agreed. Such a great spot. You can tell who the real fans are. <laughs> <laughs> also, Heather turns up and sort of resurrects Bill without the Doctor knowing. Hmm, so Moffat has copied his previous finale. I'm going to say I prefer this one, but it does grate a little that he effectively reused the same plot from the previous one. Also, I would have preferred there to be a reference to Heather in between the pilot and this one. That might have sold it a little better. Yes, Kieran, mm. thank you. We said that she was undercooked the first time around, and to be brought back a full 11 episodes later just as undercooked, as if it was like, heading in that direction all along. Ugh. Oh, that's, that's true. Interesting. Is, there could really? have been a, like, so? another, like another tier, or like they could have done that again. It, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just just keep that thread going. Well, crying has been a thread throughout this series, but it's been Missy doing it. And completely forgotten about the lines associated with crying. Mm, but the too. flashback of, oh, it's not mine, like or whatever she says. Like, oh, it, it, why are you crying? Oh, it's not me or it's not mine. Whatever she says, that was enough to tide me over. Mm -hmm. I'd totally forgotten about this throughout the season, but... Oh, yeah, that, that, that kind of made up for it after the fact. Mm. Still, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I take your point, Kieran. Maybe you're right. Maybe if, if they'd have 
had another one in the middle, then it would have you would have kind of known what was coming. So it was nice that it it was a bit of a surprise ending. We didn't know immediately that Heather would come in and save the day. How would you have felt if sorry, Karen, we're we're <laughs> in the middle of your mini, but uh, Marie, how would you have felt if Bill had walked up to Missy as she had one of those cheeky tears mm-hmm. and just gone like, "Oh, you as well? I keep having them uh, having them too, and I don't get it." <laughs> Have you also met this really hot young <laughs> student? <laughs> and if you have, she's spoken for, okay? <laughs> Love it. Brilliant, me right. Let's get that in the works. <laughs> yeah. And when she's revealed to be in the vault, she can say to the doctor, can't you do something about the plumbing? There's this puddle and it won't go away. Yes. I love it. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'll continue with Kieran's (laughs) review. (laughs) Please do. A good continuation from the first half. Moffat didn't fuck it up this time. And Kieran gives it a 4.0 out of 5. Wait, is that the thing I was supposed to say? Great rating. Great rating. That's perfect. And there's a little postscript. Hey, nice snowy visual of the Doctor regenerate. Oh, wait, we still have that one to go. Next week, Kieran has a rant. I can't wait. Oh, oh my goodness, I, I cannot excited. wait. Alfie is bored. Kieran is on the verge of ranting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening next week, eh? Thanks very much for sending that in, Kieran. People who are not Kieran, you can follow Kieran online at what, Marie? It's KJ Evans. Two. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the number. The number. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kieran. Next up. Oh, next up we've got Robbie Eleanor. Hello, Robbie. Long time no see. Holy smokes. Yeah, I thought you'd stop listening, Robbie. Welcome back. <laughs> Robbie starts, hey gang! Hello, Robbie. It's been a while. I've been doing a Matt Smith era rewatch to get ready for wearing my 11 cosplay for the first time this weekend. Ooh, exciting. Along with my girlfriend's Clara. Fantastic pairing. But I thought I would jump forward in time to do this mini for you guys. Now, 12 may not be my favorite doctor, says Robbie. But wow, this man is fantastic. What an incredible episode it pulled on my emotional over and over. Mind you, this one didn't have me bawling uncontrollably like some of the Smith episodes. No, speak for yourself, Robbie. (laughs) I've watched lately. But I absolutely loved this. A double dose of the master, a Cyberman army, lots of heart. What more could you ask for? And Robbie gives this a 4.7 out of 5. What a big heart you've got there, Robbie. Absolutely flipping huge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to sew an extra flap into your costume to fit that heart in, Robbie. (laughs) Speaking of which, people who are not Robbie can probably see that costume. Absolutely should. I follow him and he is very fun to watch. So everyone run to Instagram immediately uh, and follow him at Grace and Grid Cosplay because you will not regret it. I am freaking doing that right now. Screw you guys. I'm off. <laughs> I'm doing that right after we press stop on this recording. Uh, also, uh, check out or follow at Robbie S E. Who's next? <laughs> Why, Drew? It's Tan Six Fingers. That's right. Hello, Tan Six Fingers. So many fingers, Tans. <laughs> 
That doesn't mean you get 50 extra words. Hey! In fact, Hans references this. He begins, Hello, Hubak Wen team. This episode was a great, if heartbreaking, send-off for Bill, although much too soon. I was also sad to see Nardo leave, but maybe he can come back later, eh? Well, can he, Tans? Because we didn't mention this in the review, but he's just been abandoned with those children. Nobody's going mm. back for Nardi. Yeah, but he's now in a new relationship and probably quite happy aboard this ship. With Horny Hasran, waiting for yeah. the cybers to regroup and kill him off. Yeah, that's right. It's Great. a it's a <laughs> it's a blue lagoon situation that Nardole finds himself in right now. He doesn't at the moment feel any kind of kinship with what's her face, Horny Hasran, but eventually the blue lagoon effect is gonna take effect and he will just fall head over heels with her. Cool. I hope the doctor reattached his dick. Anyway, Tans continues. Since I'm limited to 250 words, I'll just stick to some of the great lines Moffat loaded into this gem. In the second post-intro credit scene when they are dancing, Missy, hold me. Kiss me. Make me. (laughs) (laughs) It was better in episode. (laughs) It was, yeah. (laughs) Followed up by the doctor saying, I guess you want to be alone, which in your case would mean more than it usually does. Brackets, Leon. I probably did. I don't remember, but I'm sure I was having inappropriate for public transport feelings at the time. <laughs> Tansing Singers continues when the software upgrade takes effect and the master is confused. The doctor says, You two, you should know by now when you are winning and I'm in the room, you are missing something. And the whole exposition there ending with, Welcome to the menu. Oh, 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 oh. And continues Tans, you know the stories. There's only been one way to stop that many Cybermen. Me! Oh, I thought that was a little over the top. <laughs> yeah. The, the camera <laughs> rushed in, and it rushed in around something that uh, that was in the way, so it sort of wobbled on the way to his face to get the old toothy. Me! It's like, nah, too much effort, mate. Too much. Although, I agree, this next line was uh, a banger. When Nardole brings the shuttle <laughs> and the master enters, the doctor's dead. He told me to tell you he always hated you. Then Missy comes in and says the same thing. Nardole replies, yes, I heard you the first time. That was quite nice. Excellent stuff. And when they are asking the doctor, how many ways have you died? Missy says, I know you have fallen, which is a callback to Logopolis, Tom Baker's farewell story. Yes, indeed. And the master calls Missy's sister and lady version, among other things. Finally, when they camouflage a lift into the woods, Doctor, referring to Bill, says, do as she says. And then the master, mockingly. Do as she says? Is the future going to be all girl? We can only hope. I don't know how to do that in Scottish. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Soundbite. Tans had a few small beefs with this episode, but no words left. He gives this 4.7 Mondas Cybermen Scarecrows out of 5. Amazing rating. Thank you very much, Can you follow Tan Six Fingers online? Absolutely. Follow Tan Six Fingers on Twitter at Tans Six Fingers. That's six the number. But, Drew, Marie, I really want to follow Tan Six Fingers on Instagram. Now you're talking my language. I personally follow Tan Six Fingers on Instagram. If you want excellent content of the six fingered variety, go to Instagram and follow Tan Six Fingers. (laughs) (laughs) So great. (laughs) That is the best promotion anyone's ever had. (laughs) Apologies to everyone else for the last eight years. 
<laughs> oh, excellent. Thank you very much, Tan Six Figures. <laughs> puts the Tan Six Six Figures, Tan Six Six Figures. We mean you! Who's next? Oh my goodness, who do we have next? Why, it's Daniel McGinley. Does anyone here recognize Hello, Daniel. Daniel McGinley? Must be a... <laughs> Hello, Daniel. Welcome, Welcome aboard. Welcome. Holy moly, so happy to be traveling down this temporal road with you. Welcome to the show, Daniel. We're so excited you could join us. And Daniel sent us a lovely little message. It says, I finally caught up with you on New Who. Still behind on the classics, though, midway through Pertwee. So not that far behind, Ooh. is it? Love yeah, the quite show. Far. Keep up the yeah, excellent work. <laughs> ah, you can whip through them, Daniel. You've got time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And Daniel has obviously provided a mini review for this episode, starting with... There's a lot here that doesn't make sense. And the base story is flimsy, but overall, it's a decent adventure. Really about the characters with some excellent performances. Maybe a cliche, but Capaldi acts his socks off. Again! Oh yeah. The scenes with Bill in the barn and in the TARDIS are excellent. But the real highlight is the being kind monologue. Sublime! Yet, he's uncharacteristically nego, giving up on helping Bill and saving everyone. Yeah. Mackie is great as Bill, and the scene switching between her and the Cybermen are well done. Nod all as a hero was fun, and of course Michelle Gomez is captivating as Missy. Wasn't it heartbreaking the Doctor never saw her become good? And why didn't she regenerate? Was it because it was a full blast, yet Doc can choose not to regenerate? Consistency, please. Oh, solid point. Yeah, very good point. Floor 507 has a dangerous volume of explosives. Surely a health and safety issue. Yes, absolutely. Did Bill really need to tell the doc that she liked girls her own age? That was clunky. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Although I also sort of liked it a bit as well. I can see both sides. <laughs> Daniel continues, anything involving time in who is good. And the reasoning for not being able to go to the TARDIS was clever. But surely it applies to those coming up from below too? Hmm, my head hurts thinking about it. Yes. No, I yeah, I had the same thought. I, uh, my head hurt thinking about it and then I just decided not to. So <laughs> that's how I got around that. And Daniel's major issue with this episode is the same as almost every Cyberman story. No one can resist the cyber programming unless they happen to be a companion. Or oh, oh. really patriotic. Cyber Ivan for the win. Uh, yeah, that's just... I mean, this this kind of... I'm sorry, there's like one paragraph left of this mini, but that is another question that I had in my list of introductory questions that I never asked you guys, and that was... I mean, Doc says the reason she is able to resist is because she lived under the monks for so long, Mm. which strikes me as utter bullshit. My Mm. assumption was potentially, like, just, just maybe uh, the Sim Master in disguise had allowed her to retain her personality, like her character. And awareness, self-awareness, rather. 
But, but then why like, why did um Danny Pink also con- like retained his personality when he was cybered? Yeah. No, you're right. Oh, you're yeah, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the oh, are you an important character within the canon of this uh this show? Oh, well in that case, you have uh, a natural immunity. <laughs> <laughs> Contractual but immunity. It, but Contract- it does make you oh, think so much better. Well done. It does make you think like how many other Cybermen will have also this immunity, um, and they're just slaughtering innocent people in cyber bodies. Like, yeah, yeah. Oof, that's that. That is some rough stuff. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Daniel concludes. <laughs> The resolution was a ridiculous deus ex machina. When the pilot tells... B- Actually, a dea ex lacrima. <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> that classics degree is really coming in useful. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> when the pilot tells Bill she can do anything, it just it's just atoms after all. Does she ask to help the fallen doctor? Nope. She sods off into space with her new emo girlfriend. <laughs> See you, dog. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Still really enjoyed the story, and David Bradley ended it with a brilliant bang. And Daniel gives this, <gasps> you know what? A really solid rating of 4.2 out of 5. Well what? done, Daniel. Oh, that's a brilliant bang of a rating. It's brilliant <laughs> to have you aboard, Daniel. Yes, yes, thank excellent. you so much for sending that in. Welcome aboard. Yeah, you seem like a thoughtful, considerable chap. Just like our next uh, reviewer, hey, Drew. Mm. Well, yes, the ineffable Michael Ridgeway. 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 Longer and longer doesn't make it better. <laughs> Wait a minute. What did I just say? <laughs> Wait, that's the opposite of what I've been told. <laughs> There's that one episode of Sex in the City, which I've never watched, obviously. Anyway, Michael oh, begins. The city's amazing. What are you talking about, dude? Uh, yeah, well, maybe. Michael begins <laughs> with a like, which is Missy and the Master's delicious chemistry and perfect demise. More multi master <gasps> Missy stories, please. Oh, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of Michael's likes list. Oh, Next dear. up. <laughs> Next up, Michael has a few more. First up, Bill coming back from the dead as some alien ghost puddle. When companions die, they really (laughs) should stay dead. Adric is as dead as a dormouse, and we respect him all the more for it. (laughs) I love that (laughs) one. The kids and the Peter Pan. If we really believe it, the apples will be real grenades or something. Or were they real grenades? I didn't really get that. Agreed. Cut that Mm -hmm. entirely. Michael's third beef is those Cybermen are blasting the Doctor over and over. How is he still standing? Those lasers are blowing up trees. Cyber Bill blew the side off a barn. Chunks of the Doctor's flesh should be decorating the forest. (laughs) Such a good point, Michael. Just the Uh, of nothing else. Solid. Yeah, true. And finally, a missed opportunity for some... Seventh Doctor. (laughs) Cybermen booming eradicate them. I don't know how to say that in cyber. How do cybermen speak? I've forgotten. I think I'm going to put a filter on it. Eradicate them. I don't know. (laughs) While shaking shaking their silver fists. 
In summary, says Michael, there should have been another way. And as a rating, he gives this 2.5 out of 5. Walton's kids not being horribly slaughtered in sufficient numbers for me to fully enjoy the episode. My audience demographic is not being catered to. (laughs) Excellent rating, Michael. (laughs) Michael, you're a superstar. That is a fantastic mini. (laughs) I mean, I do wonder, I even wake up in the middle of the night thinking, how can people who are not Michael follow Michael on Twitter? Why, you can go on the Tweety Bloops and follow him at bad underscore movie underscore club. (laughs) Or if you're like me, you can be lucky enough to go and stay with him for a week in Kenya and love him more than ever. Brag. Man, <laughs> Super so brag. Not even yeah. ashamed. Love it. Love him. <laughs> Love you all, Ridgeways. <laughs> Michael, so big. Oh, massive. <laughs> I've seen him on a beach in trunks. Thank you, everyone who sent something in for this one. Really, really fantastic stuff. All of it, amazing stuff. But this is not where Doctor Who ends because there's lots more Doctor Who left to review. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes. Next up, we are going to be reviewing a classic Who episode or serial, namely, uh, what's true? The Awakening. Ooh. And after that, or possibly before that, we're closing in on Christmas and New Year's. Uh, timings are a little iffy. We're going to be reviewing a new episode, namely what, Marie? Uh, the really boring Twice Upon a Time. I remember that being amazing and not the really boring one. So I look forward to reviewing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited by this one. The, the little intro thing at the end of the episode seemed cool. So I don't know what everyone's talking about, but we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we're going to get around to doing an Audio Who episode. Uh, Drew, do you know what that might be? That'll be the reaping. Dang right. By the way, not with the seventh doctor. Oh. The sixth? I believe so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and at some point, we're going to be doing a bonus episode as well. Let's face it, it's probably going to be bonus Christmas or New Year's bloopies at this point. How on earth can you say hello to us in the meantime, though? Marie, are you available on uh, the internet? Why, yes, you can reach me at uh, Hamash and Jelly on the Instagram. Oh, well, those, those are three of my favourite things. And mine. <laughs> what about you, Drew? I can be found on Twitter at Drew Back When. Excellent branding. Thank you. How about yourself, good sir? Peeps, say hi to me on Twitter. I can be found at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N. I will uh, say hi to you right back. Thank you oh, so much for listening. crying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I get really emotional on public transport, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everyone. You have been a wonderful audience. Until the next time, please be safe, be amazing, be rad and excellent to each other. Rock on and cha-chao. Be kind, wear a mask, and bye-bye. I'm trying to remember how the doctor signed. I said something like Toodle Pip or something in this episode, and I really liked it, but I've forgotten already. <gasps> Toodly Dog. What? It was just Toodles. I thought he just said Toodles and Toodle. No! No, I didn't say Toodles. Wait, Doc says like, Toodles? I'm something like Toodaloo, Toodle. maybe? Toodaloo! Toodaloo. That was it. Toodaloo! <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be when I sign off. <laughs> Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! 
Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao. Who back when?